in three, two, one, and we're live. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? What we've got here is failure to communicate 60% of the time it works every time that doesn't make sense everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul that's cute I remember when I had my first beer why so serious I am serious and don't call me sure What's up, everybody? It's Friday night, and the dads that drink are back in your ear hole. Tonight, we got a very exciting show for you. We have a singer-songwriter on to tell his road to glory and everything that's going on in the music industry right now. We're going to play some trivia. Mikey Jerome, you know, is back in the house to make two drinks for you tonight. Let's get into it right now. My boy, Jeffro. It's been a while. How's it going, brother? Fan freaking aspect DJ. So, how has your week been? My week has been up and down and all around. I'm glad it's Friday night. I'm glad I have an escape and uh, feel blessed and honored to do this podcast with you. So, it's it's been a wild one, but I'm glad to be here. Well, that's good. Uh, it was uh, busy. I did a little homeschooling this morning. Uh I am definitely not a teacher. Um, I'm definitely not very good at it. Uh, and I found out that sometimes I don't know if it's the teacher. It, it might be my kids. I didn't think for a long time, but I think it possibly could be my kids. Well, no, I, th- I think it's just a general thing. So when I was originally wanted to be a, a coach and, uh, you know, a, a football coach, um, high school football coaching was out of the picture. It was college or bus because I didn't want to teach. I don't want to teach kids. So, um, yeah, more power to you, bro. Yeah. So, uh, I, I told my wife, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll stay at home and, and help out this morning on this. I did not know what I was getting into. I really didn't. Yeah. Well, now, you know, and, uh, it'll give you a little bit different perspective. So, uh, shout out to, uh, your wife for homeschooling this whole time. Yeah. I, I don't know how she's done it and not lost her mind yet. Um, because my kids actually told me when they would ask me a question, they would say, Hey, what is this? And I would say, well, I'm not going to give you the answer. And they're like, well, you're not even helping then. And so <laughs> we did that a couple times and I had one doing civil war stuff. Uh, one was doing, um, like a book and math. And the other one was doing, uh, semicolons colons commas so you just kind of lazy susaned around the table while you were you know kind (laughs) of answering everyone's questions but it was it was very uh eye-opening to me i will say uh i definitely think teachers need more of a salary than they get right now you know what you know a lot of this you know this is a whole different deal but that may change the game for uh the education system and maybe pay not sure it will but um, it does uh, shed light on what our teachers do. You know, they, they probably spend more time with our kids than, than they're at home every day. Oh, um, yeah. Also, have you seen from your kids this app that will 
you can basically like a math equation or something. They can have this app on a phone. They can take a picture of it or look yeah. at it. Yeah, I, I know what you're about to say, where it does the problem and gives you the solution. Yeah, yeah I didn't tell them about that. Yeah, don't tell them about it. Yeah. Uh, I might need it and I might use it, but I'm definitely not telling them about it because they'll, they'll fucking use it for sure. There's no doubt. Uh, my son, uh, that's a shortcut. And uh, depending on how bad he's in the hole, I'll allow it or not. Just saying. That, you know, I, I get that. I get that. So tonight our first guest up let's get right into him jeff um this was your choice you you said you went to a concert of this guy you really really uh enjoyed him uh he is close to us he's out of waxahachie texas uh and he is really kind of burning it up and becoming quite the star right off the bat so uh, he's a Waxahachie native, as I said, Canon Bryce. He brings his own, excuse me, Canon Bryce brings his own distinctive sound, unlike any other up-and-coming artist in the scene. His sound has been described as the definition of Texas country. In October 2018, he released a highly anticipated debut album, Highway 287. Now, they say that that record showcases his talent, and the Texas music pickers even said, crank this album up. Give it a listen and remember the name, y'all. Let's welcome in Kanan Bryce. Kanan, how are you, sir? What's going on, guys? So uh, this is this is kind of exciting to have a, uh, a superstar on here with us. We we haven't had a superstar yet, uh, but I'll, let's. I definitely wouldn't say superstar, but uh, would you yeah. say a star? Let's let's go with star. I'll, I'll take that. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, just to start this off, kind of give a little bit of your history. When you started writing music, when you started playing music and singing, and and we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Um, yeah. I Really, I, I mean, of course, like everybody else, I listened to music my whole life. And um, I had a cousin that played guitar uh, whenever I was younger. One of my brother's really good friends. And... Um, really didn't think anything of it and then he kind of made me fall in love with the texas country red dirt scene he always was listening to wade bowen and stone of the rue and all those guys you know the, the red dirt legends the texas legends and um yeah i got into college got my heart broke and uh <laughs> guitar kind of saved my life a little bit started writing wrote my first song in the first week and played guitar every day since well, awesome. I, you know, I'm from Oklahoma and, uh, the red dirt scene is really big there. Um, oh, yeah. is there a difference between the Oklahoma red dirt scene and the Texas red dirt scene? Cause I know that you go back and forth a lot into Oklahoma to play concerts yeah. and stuff. So is there a, is there a difference in that? Uh, you know, as much, as much shit as we give Oklahoma, as much shit as Oklahoma gives us, uh, I, I think, I think we're all one family. You know, we're, we're all under one roof. Right. We all, we all listen to the same type of people and, you know, we all like to drink beer and get a little rowdy. Yeah. So Absolutely. not really much difference in the music scene then. Uh, just it, there's no really difference in the sound uh, because so, I, yeah. I believe that Red Dirt, uh, I guess you would say country music, has a very distinct sound. Yeah, it does. You know, it's. What, what I've come to realize is, like, it's not just all Texas country. It's just, like, Texas red dirt, whatever. Like, you know, right. everybody has their own style. They, everybody has their own twang. I've seen, you know, one of my favorite 
Blues players that are playing now is a guy named Zach Wilkerson, and he was out in Dallas, and uh, he is just nitty gritty, low down blues, and you know that's we call it Texas blues, you know. Cole Wetzel's Texas rock and roll, uh, just everywhere under the board. It's just throw Texas in front of it, and whatever you are, that kind of makes it better, I guess. And and you kind of have that too. You have a lot of uh, uh, stoner rock and roller. Country, uh, pain, um, a lot, you know, a lot of your music is actually very up tempo. Um, it's, it's, you have a lot of different genres inside your genres, if you will. I think that's cool. By the way, get your Canon Bryce merch at, uh, what's your website, Canon? Uh, just CanonBriceMusic.com. Boom. And I've seen Canon live. We talked about that. I went down to Greenville Avenue in Dallas and, uh, went with, uh, I met Canon's brother, I met his mom. All fan, free, fantastic, good people. Um, we had a big time. I got to see him live for the first time, fell in love with his music. Um, and uh, I like what he stands for. And uh, I, by the way, you have a sexy beard, by the way. That's a sexy <laughs> beard. Um, thank you, thank but no, you. No, it, uh, I grew up, um, I grew up, I say grew up on country and all sorts of stuff. But when I got into college, I, I went to Baylor and I met Pat Green there. Pat Green went to tech, but he was, uh, uh, from Waco and had many of beers and played a lot of golden tea with Pat. Actually, we went to a place called Fred and Wally's um, mm. in Waco. And it was Pat Green as manager, me, a guy named Danny Fletcher. We were like the only four people in there. And Pat played two hours of cute music. Just, hey, what do you want to hear? Uh, on the road again. Uh, nothing but the good. Okay, I can't sing. The good old boy. Just whatever we want to hear. He started singing it. It, it kind of um, uh, made my year back in the day. And uh, like I mentioned to you before, Brendan Anthony was an old field player. His drummer, Justin Pollard, they graduated behind me one year in high school. And uh, Brendan's in charge of Texas music uh, for the state, signed by the governor. But enough about me. Um, <laughs> I love your type of music. Um, you know what? I went through that period in college where it's just kind of big. And then I kind of went away from it when I got a little bit older. And I'm kind of back at it now. It's kind of weird how it works out. But uh, um we're thankful to have you on and we want you to take this time oh, to introduce yourself to the world uh, or and all viewers, maybe like 200 people. Um, <laughs> promote yourself, man. Uh, sing some music, uh, whatever question, however you want to do this, we'll do it. And I'm just really thankful to have you. And I'm really uh, thankful to get your views on music in general, plus kind of this whole pandemic um, influence. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, my, my, my friends are acting like idiots outside. <laughs> oh, our, ours do all the time. Uh, so here's the thing: when we talk about uh, music these days, it, it has changed. I would say just in the last month or two, with with what's going on, I've noticed a lot of people are uh, doing like live shows from their home or getting together on a Zoom and doing something together or something like you know, we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Do we think this will be something or do you actually think this will be something once this is all over? Or do you think it'll go back to uh, people will, and of course they'll always go to concerts, bars and things like that. But do you think that this will be something that, that a lot of, you know, singers and stuff will be doing after this is over? Uh, I, I, I think it'll ride for a little bit, but you know, between, musicians and fans you know we kind of 
operate in a different in our own little world so to speak and you know once upon a time ago there's a underground music scene so you know if they keep us cooped up long enough i think uh i think that's what things are going to come to is just doing underground stuff where you know you only invite a handful of people and and you know the the facebook live can only last so long well right yeah and and i agree with that but i i i feel like that the fans feel like they're getting more of a personal touch now. You know, that yeah. it's that it, it's not necessarily a one-on-one, but it, it feels like a one-on-one to them because there's more kind of storytelling as they're playing. And, you know, it, it almost seems like a, like a, you know, the poor man's unplugged uh, now. Oh yeah. Yeah. I- I, I I definitely dig it. I, I got to listen to uh, Lucero. He did a couple Instagram live videos, and that's probably uh, Ben Nichols is the lead singer of Lucero, and he's one of my favorite singer songwriters to date. And you know, I I probably dug that. I mean, I'm a, I might be biased, but I probably dug it more than anybody else that was listening. And uh, it was just that 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 was my moment with Ben Nichols is you know, getting to see him and talk to him and tell his stories and listen to him fuck up and forget words of songs and realize that he's a regular person, just like, you know, everybody else. Right. So it, it definitely, it definitely gives a different dynamic to it, but you know, people want to drink beer somewhere. They, not, not everybody wants to sit at the house. That's right. By so, the way, what are you drinking tonight, Kenan? Um, it's, it's been a mixture of a couple things. Uh, right now I'm on some Mechala Ultra. There you go. Uh, I was drinking some Budweiser earlier, and they had some Keystones out in the fridge. We we're drinking them too, so it's kind right. of a little mixed bucket. <laughs> we got yeah. some whiskey. There you so, go. Uh, you know, speaking of, of that, really speaking of that, Kanan, if you can see behind me, I've got some liquor bottles up. So today, I actually picked up a bottle of Tabasco whiskey. Oh uh, shit! It's aged in a barrel with Tabasco. Uh that's a new one. It's not. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's a little bad. warm. No, no, it's not great. Do you mix it? Do you mix it put it on the rocks, or do you do you mix it with? Something? I don't. I just drank it out of a glass. I just poured it in a glass <laughs> and drank it. I mean, That's not, that sounds like it hurts. I'm I'm pretty basic. Yeah. So um so we have a guy asking uh, our bartender buddy in California is asking if you're doing live shows. Uh, I I am doing live shows. I'm just not doing the whole virtual tip jar thing. Um. So I'll probably be doing more live shows. Everybody's been kind of asking me about it. So I'll do that. I'm just not going to do the tip jar thing. I, I, whenever people kind of brought it up to me about it, uh, they really don't know kind of like the my life. So no, not a lot of people know that I live a, a full-time job as well as a full-time music career. So, you know, and we build industrial size refrigeration and freezer units where I work. So we're kind of essential. So I'm not really hurting as bad as a lot of these artists out here that do music full time. And I would much rather, you know, and I wouldn't ask somebody for a tip whenever they're hurting as well. So I kind of keep that in mind. I'm not doing too bad. I still have a steady income. Um, Did it affect me a little bit? Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot worse people out there. So I just kind of, if people want to listen to music, they can listen to music. And uh, I'll, I'll... open and playing some songs for them so have you uh tapped into your songwriter um during the time some downtime have you written any songs or anything you're putting together 
it's, it's kind of funny you asked. A couple nights ago, I think it was last weekend, um, my buddy Vance, he's my best friend. He lives here with us. He's our roommate. And um, me and him were sitting out back, and we were drinking probably way more than what we should have. And, excuse me, and um, he was like, man, I want to, I want to write a song about killing somebody. And I was like, <laughs> all right. So, you know, we sat down and started trying to write it and it wasn't clicking with me and it wasn't clicking with him. So I was like, let's try that idea to come back to it another day. We were sitting outside and I started playing this, this uh, melody that has been stuck in my head for a while. And, uh, the chorus, we came up with the chorus, and it was like, hey, Jenny, you can get your drinks for free. And uh, the whole song is about this girl named Jenny who uh, <laughs> in, in the winds up at a show that we're playing. You know, you're on stage, and you see this drunk-ass girl out in the crowd that's, you know, pretty good looking. She's drinking a lot, so it's like, shit, she's just like I am. And, uh, <laughs> you know, come, come to find out, she only came – to the bar because her friends is buying her tab and she didn't want she didn't want to come to you know see you they came she came to get free beer yeah and uh talks about you know bringing her backstage and taking her to the hotel and then taking her on the road with you and then huh. uh you know the whole song, the concept of the song is you know you can drink for free as long as you're with the band and uh <laughs> she ends up like sleeping with the drummer and uh, find out it's probably not best to bring random drunk girls on the road with you. you got a lot of details in the song. Yeah, that that oh, is yeah, a man. very it, intricate it, story. Exactly, songwriting song. It, 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 it's, fresh, it's fresh on my mind. Me, me, me and uh, my buddy Vance Bruce, he's a he's a singer songwriter from Missouri. He moved down to Texas to kind of get in the scene, and you know, I met him. Shit three years ago maybe we've been best friends ever since and now we're roommates and we beat each other up every day so <laughs> absolutely so what so I, I shared this with you when we were me and you and dj were exchanging notes um uh, uh back and forth but i watched a deal this past week or if that's what you call it it all begins with a song and it's about nashville songwriters not singers so much but songwriters and it was so intriguing to me to Nashville's Nashville, right? I mean, it, it's songwriters everywhere. It's cutthroat. You're in the music business. You know, you hear know a lot, but you know, you know about all that. But what intrigues me is how there were so many different talented, top-notch, great songwriters, and how they came up with songs was just so different. And everyone's way, you know, it may begin with a melody, it may begin with some words. You might just have a song title. You, you, and you know, and how important it was to co-write with people because you, you, you get in these jams and somebody else may have a melody, you have lyrics and you put them together and boom, you have a song. Can you kind of um, share some of your personal experiences and maybe your, you know, where do you have to get with your mind? Cause you know, there's people who said, oh, I need a couple of joints or I need to uh, tie yourself in a room or there's all sorts of interesting, how do you get there things. But for you personally, can you kind of share some personal anecdotes of, of kind of how you start and maybe if you have a, a thing that a process of it all. Of course. Uh, I, I, I do it a couple different ways. I've heard, you know, a million and one ways about 
how to do songwriting, how people do it their own different way. Me personally, um, I've kind of done it all over the board. I've done uh, I've done it by singing a melody in my head and figuring the chords out, or I'll have um, whenever I wrote Miss May, I had the chorus in my head immediately, and uh, kind of put chords to that. Uh, mo- most of the time, I, I have a melody. I'll play a melody on the guitar. That kind of keeps you from. Uh, I, I like playing different kind of melodies, not really doing like the same four chords. You know, right. I, I like doing something outside the box and then putting words to it because the lyrics, lyrics are very important. But I like I like music. I like you know different kinds of music. I like different influences on music, and you really, it, it's really hard, especially being somebody who, like me who taught themselves. Um, and I really don't know like music history. I, I just kind of learned from sound and off YouTube. So I just kind of go with the flow, I guess. I, I really don't have a, you know, a, what would you call it? A process. A, a guideline. Yeah. I don't, I don't have you a guideline. Some of these people said, you know, they've written 10,000 songs and I have 25 hits. They were just saying, yeah. Sometimes it just comes to you, and then 10 minutes, boom, you have something. Sometimes it's the worst thing in the world. It just stays in your brain and you're on fire, and you can't get to – you've got to let it go and come back to it or something. Um, so I just there's think it's interesting that there's, there's – what's the right way to make a great song? There's a million right ways. There's a million. Oh, yeah. And I think every artist, as long as you get that final product out, it, it, you know that's what makes it special for you. So I think that's pretty intriguing to me is how that all works. How does it go from a song, you know, now? And and what it said was back in the day when these Nashville singers were traveling from Nashville to Minnesota or there, they didn't have time to write songs. They were touring. And that's kind of how the Nashville started was songwriters were like, well, these people don't have time to write songs. Let's write songs for them. So (laughs) personally, a musician and singer like yourself with a band that also writes their songs, I think that takes a lot of talent, and uh, kudos to you for that. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll, I'll definitely be the first to you know tell you straight up, I don't sit down every day and write songs every day. I, I, I don't sit down and write all the time because I, I've tried it. You know, I've, I've listened to some of my idols in songwriting, and they were just like, just sit down, force yourself to write every day, and right. When you do that, I just write a bunch of trash, and I really don't. I, I really don't enjoy write, enjoy writing just like trash or half songs. I like I like feeling it. I, I like feeling young. the song, sitting down, and it coming out naturally rather than forcing it. And you know, some some people some people do that, and you know, good on them. I just I'm not that kind of person. Absolutely no, I don't. I don't. I, I know what you're talking about, and, and that was. Um, noted in that documentary I saw, but, um, well, Katie, can you, can you tell us how old a guy are you and how long have you been doing this? And is this something you're passionate about where you can see yourself doing it for the foreseeable future? And if it, it makes your career and you can do this for a living, is that what you want to do? Um, ideally. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be the guy to sit here and say, I want to make millions on songs, but you know, if I, if I could live comfortably, uh, along with my band and my band live comfortably, then, you know, I'm pretty happy. And, and you know, I definitely don't want to get up at six or seven every morning and go to work <laughs> work for somebody else. Right. So if I, if I could just do music full time, live a good life, and 
you know, m- music's already fun. Music's fun on the road. It's fun to do with your friends, with your band. It's already a good life. As, and as long as you can make money and, and live a decent life financially, I feel like, you know, that's a good enough life for me. I've been and doing it. how long it. are you and how long have you been doing it? Uh, so I turned 26 in March and uh, I've probably been doing, been doing it five years now. Okay. Probably professionally for I mean, I say professionally, but uh, I've took it really serious for about five years. I started whenever I was 21 and went on for like six months. And I really started to sit down and work on singing and songwriting and booking shows and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So let me ask you something in the songwriting. You don't you don't necessarily have a process or anything, but is there is there a time or an emotion that you're usually in when you're writing? Are you happy? Are you sad? When does it, when do you feel like it comes out of you the best? Uh, I wouldn't say there's a specific time. Sometimes like a lot of times I say majority of the times early in the morning, you know, when you get up and you really feel it. And uh, I've always heard that it's best to wake up and start songwriting. But, you know, there's been times where, uh, I used to work at a place called Gerdau. It's a steel mill. And you get up at like four every morning. You got to get there at four thirty, and it's horrible. And uh, yeah, that I that look, sounds horrible. It does. It's horrible. And you got swing shifts, so you're working like three days, and then you're off two, and then you work four nights, and then off three, and then two days. Oh. It, it was a horrible shift. And um, there'd be nights where I just wouldn't sleep because I'd lay down and go to bed at you know twelve or you know, 11, one, whatever it is. And you have that song stuck in your head and you're just like, if I don't write this down right now, what are you going to do? You're just going to miss out on writing down because then I'm I'm not a good remembering person. So, you know, I would rather write it down. So there were days I would just, you know, work throughout the day, get home, try and go to sleep. And I can't because I have a song stuck in my head and if I don't write it down, I'm losing. So yeah, you you write it down and you keep working on it until you have to go to work. So my nephew is uh, listening in from California, and he wants to know uh, what you think of Turnpike, Casey Donahue, and Robert Earl Keane. Whoa. So uh, let's start with Turnpike. Turnpike's probably okay. one of the best bands ever. Uh, Evan Felker is an amazing songwriter. I love pretty much every song I've ever put out. Um, Casey Donahue, uh, the first song I ever learned on guitar was like, I probably learned five or six cases on you songs before I learned anything else. Hmm. And then uh, I, I think it was uh, 12 Gauge, 12 Gauge Shotgun. That's the first song I ever learned on guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, Robert O'Kane. I don't know what it is. <laughs> talks about a, a woman getting abused in a trailer park and blasting his ass to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and by and, the way, uh, Robert O'Kane is amazing. I love oh, that. He, he is so long. If anybody ever uh, said anything bad about Robert O'Keefe, I'd probably have to hurt him. That, that yep. man is, has has done so much for writing, uh, so much for singer songwriters around you know the world. I would say, God's How amazing. I, I, Everybody say cheese. Merry <laughs> Christmas to the family. Uh, I actually got to see. I, I got to see Robert O'Keefe for the first time. Not that long ago in Florida, we went out to um, 
Uh, what's that? What, what's the um, the music fest in Florida? I don't know. What is it? Mile Zero uh, Fest. Not, it was a uh, Mile Zero. Okay. And um, I got to play out there with Miss Holly Beth a couple times and uh, got to watch all the bands for free. And so I was pretty happy. I got to see uh, Robert O'Keefe for the first time. I got to see Lucero for the first time. I saw Jason Isbell for the first time. So I checked off a bunch of uh, uh, artist bucket lists that week over in Florida. And, I saw uh, Robert O'Keefe in Fredericksburg, Texas at the horse track. Yeah. Uh, that. <laughs> so. <laughs> I like that. I dig that. So, um, yeah. Are, are you talking about the comment from my nephew? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so he is a Navy corpsman stationed out with the Marines in California. So he, uh, he's, uh, he's big on this, uh, a really red dirt music. Cause he is from Oklahoma. Uh, his parents and stuff still live there, uh, over in broken arrow. So, you know, speaking of, you said that as long as you can live comfortably, your band can live comfortably. You don't, you don't hear a lot of people say that, you know, a lot of people say, man, I just want to be, I want to be big. I want to be famous. I want all this kind of stuff. So this seems more to me with you of a passion project than, you know, just doing it to be famous, to do it. Uh, can you speak yeah. a little bit about that? You know, there's, I mean, I, I, I'd be lying if I say I, I didn't want to get bigger than that. But, you know, I'm, I would be comfortable. I, I, yeah. I would definitely be oh, perfectly fine, okay, with living uh, just comfortably through and playing music full time. I, I would absolutely love that. But, you know, if you make it bigger, you know, what's that going to hurt? And, right. You know, there, there, there's a lot of people in this scene that, that do it just for fame. And I, I've seen it and I've heard it and, you know, good for them that everybody has their own way of doing things, but, and that's just kind of my niche, I guess. Well, there's nothing wrong. Kenny, with saying you, want nope. to make it, you want to make it big and uh, earn a living because you do seem passionate about it. It comes out in your performances, man. Uh, and um, I think uh, I want to get the word out and get people to listen to your music and follow you and go see you wherever you're at. But um, your live shows are great. There's a lot of energy um, you have a great camaraderie with your band. And by the way, can you kind of talk about the importance of a band and maybe even give your band members a little shout out and say who they are? Oh, sure. Because honestly, um, it's not a one man show. If you don't get along with your band members, it sucks balls, I'm sure. So talk about that. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I'd, I'd be the first one to admit that I'm definitely the weak link in the band. Uh, between my guitarist, drummer, and bass player, they are uh, completely phenomenal. I probably wouldn't be anything without them, honestly. I I wouldn't know as much about music. I wouldn't know the artists that I know if it wasn't for them because they've, they've been playing my bass player's 40. Uh, my guitar player is is uh, 27 or 28, I think. And my drummer is a year younger than me, but he is like – a music fiend and amazing on the drums. Jaron Castillo's on drums, Zach Hawkins on lead, and Adam Corello on bass. And uh, my drummer kind of has a heavy metal background, but uh, hey. he, def he definitely digs the country. 
Um, my bass player is we, we call him the mud of the group because he just digs into everything. He he does blues, he does rock, he does country, he does pretty much anything under the sun. Uh, he used to be in a bunch of heavy metal bands. That's where <laughs> he kind of cut his teeth. And then uh, my guitar player Zach, he is a uh, kind of a blues rocker, big on like the Who. Uh, okay. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. all that good stuff. He's he's probably between him and the bass player. They've been in, the bass player been in the band the longest. Uh, the guitar player second longest, and we just got the drummer January of this year, and nice. he is completely amazing. And um, tips on a band, I would probably say if if you're not happy with your band. And, you know, they don't trust you and you don't trust them. There, there's a lot of trust that goes around, you know. I do majority of, you know, what needs to be done for the band. They they show up and kick ass on stage. And, you know, they show me the new stuff that I don't know. And, and you know, they educate me. So, you know, they definitely pull their weight musically because, you know, that's all they know is music. I, I've, I've done a lot of the uh, the business side of it, I guess which definitely isn't fun. I, I, if, if I could just do music, I would. You know, if, if someone would, would take the weight of booking shows and, and management and all that good stuff, I, I definitely would take it. But, you know, it has to be done by somebody, and I definitely don't mind doing it. But well, Can I give you my resume? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, like Kane and Bryce, Texas Music at gmail.com. There you go. Sure you do. But, um... Uh, we actually have a manager now that kind of, kind of looks over us. His name is Spencer Lancaster. He, uh, sends a lot of emails, does a lot of, a lot of the dirty work and the stuff he doesn't do. I do know the rest of it. Uh, we also have a tour manager, which kind of, which kind of helps us out on the road. His name's Taylor Wayne. He's also a roommate. He lives here with us and, uh, also a singer songwriter, one of my really good friends. And, uh, yeah, but no, the band, the band, the tour manager, the manager, it, it's all very important. You know, being on the road, you get tired of each other. You want to beat each other up. You yell at each other. You scream. You fight. You get drunk. You get tired of each other. But, you, you know, the trust and the the trust and the bond you have with these guys <laughs> are, uh, it's uh, uncomparable. You want to you know, bring you who's ever you're waving to? You want to bring them on? Uh, there's a lot of them. Oh, is <laughs> there? He flipped them off. He didn't wave to them. No, that was waving. Hey, <laughs> hey so let me ask you. I don't. I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, do you have your guitar by you anywhere? Yeah, I got it next to me. Okay. Hey, man. So, so this is a really good friend of mine. His name's Paul. Uh, so, guys, this is a tour manager, just Taylor Wayne. What's up? This would be Drake. He's a he's a hat smith, and uh, this <laughs> guy right here, this is my best friend Vance. He's the one I wrote the song about. And What's this up? is Miss Beth, Oklahoma. And I just got iced. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't so, ready. Uh, everybody. Yeah. So, uh, we oh, look at this. Look at this. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, this one that. 
Now was that a was that a Smirnoff Ice? I've seen the shirt yes, right there that, before. Listen, I, I uh, I'm kind of into these natural light seltzers right now. I I don't know if I should say that, but no, we got me, one. Me, me personally, me personally, I think they're way better than White Claws. Natty really? seltzers are better than the Bud Light. Better than the White Claws. That's just me though. Yeah, I I, I, I think they're good. We went to Anheuser Busch. Um, together in St. Louis about a month and a half ago. So they're good, yeah. So we got um, people asking, uh, do you have any shows in the California area soon? Shit, I wish. I, I, I wish we had the money to travel that far. That's uh, We stick around Texas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas for right now. But, uh, you know, if, if we got the right amount, we could afford going out. You know, we, we don't mind losing money, but... If, if it makes sense that we can come to California, I would a hundred percent be out in Cali. Well, that, you know, that, that's, uh, if you want to get famous, that's where you go, right? Hey, that's where Dwight Yoakam's from. Yeah. I'll, I'll Man, I haven't heard him in a long time, but I, Thank I absolutely really love Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> I think, I think he's an actor now, actually. Is he? Yeah. He does both. yeah. yeah. I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. So my nephew yeah, says that with, uh, he doesn't look good without a hat. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I think he's still wearing the same size clothes as like back in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think he is. Same holes, same area. They're all scotch taped to his body. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So my nephew says, uh, if you uh, take a vacation, do a house party. He'll host it for you. He's got a place for you to stay. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Ooh. I'm down with that. Hey, I'm down with that. That's not a bad suggestion at all. I'm, I'm, I've never been to California before, so. Well, I'll he lives at 29 Palms. He lives out in the middle of the desert, so. I'm down with that. Hey, California ain't bad, man. It's, um, I, you know, I ain't going to try to live there. Uh, and no offense, Mikey Jerome. That's some weird people out there. But anyway, uh, not really. They're just different in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but anyway, um, it would be a culture shock for them to have you there, I think. But heck, it, go tear it up, man. Go do it. You know, no, no, no matter where I go, I'm, I'm pretty much the same person. So they'll definitely Absolutely. get a taste of Texas out there. Uh, <laughs> usually, usually when you go somewhere out your territory, people just look at you like you're stupid and you're like, this is Texas. This is what I imagine Texas is like. Everybody's riding horses, shooting guns. It's the Wild West. Everybody wears a 10-gallon hat. That's right. We don't have cars, Bill. We still ride horses to work, man. No, yeah. Well, did you see, Jeff? He had a hat smith standing behind him. So that That's pretty amazing to have a, a guy that makes hats just around, you know? Oh, yeah. No, he's uh, his name's Drake Jones. He's uh, he, he's pretty big on the, the Twitter, the Twitter sphere. He's a... Uh, Ask him if he can make a hat for a really fat, big-headed guy like me. No, he can. They have what, what you do. He, <laughs> you so notice he, he didn't argue you. that you were a fat, big-headed oh. guy. Hey, he said, hey, "No, no, he can do it." DJ, can I give you a glimpse into what I did? Oh my God, what are you oh, doing, shit. man? <laughs> you, uh, you remember? Uh, with my clippers. You remember Pile <laughs> from uh, Full Metal Jacket? <laughs> he looks like the avatar. <laughs> he has like 
the porn. <laughs> when did you do that? Yesterday. Gosh, I'm sexy as shit. Oh God. Listen, listen, Kanan, uh, he is, uh, he's losing his mind quickly on this thing. He is a stay at home guy right now. Last uh, week he was building bike ramps with the neighborhood kids. Uh, he's put a playing card in his spokes. He, uh, by the way, he's had kickball tournaments at his house. Kids are coming to his house at eight o'clock at night and asking him to come out and play. And I'll tell you what, the coolest thing I've seen during this quarantine is someone made like a mini picnic table and hung it up on their fence. And this squirrel was just sitting on the bench at the picnic table <laughs> eating corn. That, that probably is the coolest thing I've seen during quarantine. Oh, man. By the way, um, a man, uh, an 11-year-old, beat up on a 19-year-old and a 12-year-old today in basketball, won two games and none, just saying. <laughs> Did you have a hat on? Because you probably freaked them out with that haircut. No. The, I mean, they were like, gosh, I can't believe how good you look with that hair. <laughs> Verbatim what they said. I heard it. Verbatim. Yeah. Verbatim. Um, well, hey, man, uh, if you want to play, I, I would love to have you on as long as you want to be on. But uh, um, are there any songs you feel passionate about that maybe is are, are, are near and dear to your heart that you can play or uh, or give us just a little a little taste of what you got going on? Uh yeah for sure uh I can play a new song we got coming out on the on the EP we have coming what? up. This is a world yeah. premiere. This is the second world. week in a row we've had a world premiere. Last week, uh, they introduced a beer that wasn't in the public yet on this show. Now you're gonna is sing that, a song you haven't bad, released. Is that the Badland Brewery? No, it was uh, Dirty Jobs Brewery out of uh, Mansfield. I tell you what, I, I watched the uh, the the Badland Brewery. That guy seems pretty cool. Oh, you're talking about the the distillery, the Blackland Distillery. Yeah, distillery. That's yeah, yeah. Whiskey. Marcus, Marcus Caprios, Caprios. Yeah. So yeah, they make four different kinds of spirits. They got uh, vodka, whiskey. Uh, no, not whiskey yet. That's coming. Uh, vodka, bourbon. bourbon, rye, and what was the other one? Gin. Gin. So, and uh, hand sanitizer. And, and now they make hand sanitizer. Yeah, but um, they uh, yeah, that guy was very cool. He was an attorney before he did this, and then while he was an attorney, when he would get off work at night, he would go to culinary school so that he could become a chef, and then yeah. he. And then, then he went to some kind of wine certification, and then he started this company. I mean, he was all over the place. You know, it's it's really funny because like the reason I like that guy so much is because of like everything he had on his plate. I really, I'm would say I'm a jack of all trades. I kind of do everything, but like the fact that like you have time to run a business and do culinary school and then do wine, and now you're owning a distillery. And you can just tell the guy's passionate about anything and everything he's ever done. Absolutely. I respect that to the fullest. Absolutely. Yep. So let's get on with the world premiere. You guys heard that first. This is a world premiere of the new song. No one has heard this before. And even if they have, don't say they have. <laughs> All um, right. What's the song title here, buddy? 
This is called Best of Me. I actually wrote this song with uh, Vance. Me, me, and, me and Mr. Vance Bruce do a lot of the songwriting together. And um, I had... I had the first verse and the or I had the first verse on the chorus written up, and me and Vance are doing. There's a song. There's a place called the Boxcar. It's out in the middle of nowhere, over by like Ovilla, Cedar Hill, Waxahachie area, mm-hmm. Red Oak area. And uh, that's where I started playing. I played uh, like five hour gigs for 150 bucks, which is. Did you say five hour gigs for 150 bucks? Five hour gigs for 150. Nice. Bucks. And, um, you know, I still play that place to this day just because that's kind of where I started and kind of kind of gives you that humbling feeling of like, yeah, you might be doing all this cool stuff, but this is where you started where no one was listening to you. And they still don't listen to you, even though you are where you are, no matter where you are, people still don't listen to you. So it's still a humbling feeling to play, you know, the place you started out at. That's, and, that's uh, me, me and Vance were playing the, the long ass five hour gig. Uh, so time for two hundred bucks. What is uh, what's the name of this song? It's called yes. Best of Me. We we uh, we took a break during the show, jumped out back of the bar, and wrote the second verse of this song. He helped me. He basically wrote the whole second verse, and I said yes, 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 yes. And so it's I, almost like the Foo Fighter song, Best of You, but it's Best of Me. Yes, except it talks about kind of like, I, I kind of wrote it about Vance without knowing I wrote it about Vance. It's kind, of, <laughs> kind of like this this guy that's always down on his luck. He really never has anything nice. And like, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. But God, I can relate no matter what happens or no matter who says anything to you, you really don't give a shit and you still make the best of it. I love that. <laughs> well, all right. So is that loud? That's all right. Sound good? Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Well, this song's called Best of Me. I know what the speakers are saying. 
the same to me. You can up and leave. You can stay with me tonight. Surely the good times ain't all gone. And the best are yet to come. Either way, I'm gonna do my thing. And drink till it's all gone. Don't light me up smoking and take a drag. Don't run around till the whole world ain't kiss my ass. Don't take this pocket of dimes. Don't spit on beer and wine. Don't smile and laugh just so they can see. You'll never get the best of me. Excellent. Thank you, thank you. That's gonna be a brand new song. Hey, uh, Jeff, you're uh, coming in crunchy again. <laughs> crunchy country. All right, try it again, Jeff. Uncrunchy. There you go. Yeah, that's better. Sounds like you're gargling seltzer. <laughs> so. <laughs> What do we got planned for the next, let's say, year right now? Uh, for, I'll say the rest of this year. Uh, you know, once this quarantine bullshit's all over and, you know, life gets back to normal, um, in the process of all this shit happening, uh, we were in studio uh, over at Panhandle and Denton with a guy named Ace Creighton. He's the lead singer of the Thieving Birds. And also produces, so he'll be he's producing our stuff right now. Um, so we're halfway done with all the songs that we're gonna record. Uh, we just have some vocals to do. Uh, we have lead guitar to do. Uh, final lead guitar, final vocals. Uh, we're having the Eagles steel player come in on a song. We're wow. having um, some organ. Uh, Ace is going to play uh, some harmonica on the record. Nice. So a, you know, a bunch of different shit in one album. And, you know, that that's just what I like to do. I, I really don't like to every song sound the same or be in one genre. I just, you know, back in the day when there were Stoney released albums or Wade released albums or Randy released albums, which is the guys I grew up with, even Turnpike. You know, Turnpike nowadays, Whiskey Myers. Whiskey Myers is is probably one of my favorites, and you know their new stuff that they just put out. You know they have 
songs all over the board. They have songs like Gasoline and That's the song Bitch. And, you know, it's, they're just rocking songs, but they also have the singer-songwriter stuff. You know, Coe's doing the same thing. None of his songs on the album sound the same. The Reed Southall just put out a new single that's different from anything he's been doing. You know, it's just, I, I guess it's kind of the Texas way of just doing whatever the hell you want to do. And if somebody doesn't like it, fuck them. Well, you know, it's your life. It's your career. It's your soul. Um, you're not selling out to anyone or anything. And speaking of that, um, I, I got like you, you're, you're self-promoting, you're doing all that, but how music's changed a lot from labels to you can release your own music on different outlets. Can you speak of, of, of the internet and or SoundCloud or all these opportunities to release your music and get out to the world and the label doesn't take all your money away from you? What's your experience with all that? So, so Texas is, is very notorious for being uh, completely independent. Uh, you know, Cody Johnson, he didn't need a label to make where he was. He was there. Wow, and then, Cody Johnson. And dude, I, I guarantee he got so many offers before he got an offer that he really dug. And, you know, that's when you put your name on the line. Is When you get what you want, that's when you put your name on the line. Cody Dinks, he's on a label. Mm-hmm. But it took, him, it, it took him selling out Red Rock, and it, it took him selling out you know, thousands and thousands of people. That's crazy. And he did it. He did it without anybody giving him any money. He did it really? without telling him what to do. You know, all, all these guys from Texas are completely. Look at Cole Wessel. He's completely independent, and doesn't plan on signing with anybody anytime soon, from the looks of it. And he's doing just fine. And you know what? When you're playing these, you know, you're booking. And um, granted, you may not be playing these mega stadiums, but if if you're playing in front of five, ten thousand people, and your take it, y'all's take is your band. I mean. That's pretty damn good. You're going to make it a pretty damn comfortable living if you can get 10,000 oh, yeah. people to show up for your concerts, for goodness sakes. Um, oh, yeah. What I think is cool still is these intimate settings in, in these different places, really cool places. Can you tell us kind of your favorite live music venues that you play at or maybe you want to play at in the region? Uh, Man, that's hard. Uh, you know, being, being part of the business side, along with Spencer, you know, you get to meet the managers, you meet, you get to meet the venue owners, you get to meet all these, you know, great people that let you come out and get completely hammered at their bar and play music. And, you know, they enjoy it just as much as you do. Um, I would say a couple favorites. Uh, I have a hometown bar here called Rocket Cafe. Barry owns it. And, you know, Barry kind of gave me my first hometown show over there and it was I think we put almost 400 people in there and hell of a time. Always have a good time with Barry. Um, Outside of there, I would say Durant, Oklahoma at Bubba's Brew House. Paul Steen is, is probably one of my favorite people ever. We still, you know, even if it's not about music or going to the venue, we still talk, text and bullshit and talk all the time. Um about Stillwater, Oklahoma. Stillwater. I, I haven't been up there just yet to play. I so. think I think they would love you up there. That's Oklahoma State. Um, I, <laughs> I hope I, so, man. I have mean, you, have you done anything in College Station, Texas? Uh, yeah, uh, we we played the tap a couple times. Not full band. Um, I grew up 14. there. I know a lot. I know a lot of people from there. A lot of bar owners. 
the corn I'm, I'm kind of pissed I'm, I'm kind of bitter about the whole quarantine thing because uh one of my favorite bands ever is dolly shine and we were supposed to open up for them uh two weeks ago at in college station at the tap yeah and uh someone misspelled fuck <laughs> no they they didn't i was going to the tap when i was 17 years old I'll, oh yeah dude, college station uh it's kind of a rivalry between me and college station because every time i go there it just it hurts yeah it hurts it hurts to be there man drinking drinking at the tap yeah it just you go to the chicken and northgate and all those good places oh yeah i've been down to northgate uh twice i think and uh I don't re- really remember much because by the time right. I got there, I was already completely hammered. So, <laughs> so I went to high school with uh, uh, the original owner was Don Ganner and uh, his girls. He passed away. Uh, Rip, Mr. Ganner. He was a, a tough old man, but a good guy. But um, uh, a good buddy from high school, Tom Jackson, married one of his daughters, Katie Jackson. She's a year b- behind us and her and her sister, Jennifer, run. Dixie Chicken, Chicken Oil Company, um, Drive-In Saloon right next to the chicken. So we would take our shots, our Flamin' Dr. Peppers at the Drive-In, go back over and drink a lot of our beer at the chicken. And, of course, we played many of pool games at 4 a.m. in that place to Christmas and Thanksgiving break coming home from college. But uh, I love College Station, man. If I could help you get your music out there and, and get that, and, and I would love to. And all my buddies there, which I have a lot of them, they better start checking your music out and going to see you. Yeah, no. The, the the best thing you can do for for artists is is if they aren't playing into a bar, go in that bar and just rag on them and tell them that you want to see this artist play. That's the best thing you can do for an artist. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. So, Kanan. Can we yes, get sir. one more song from you before we switch gears in the show? Yes. I'm going to get him to bring me a beer. Okay. So. You do that first. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any new ones I haven't played for anybody yet. I mean, oh. Of course, there's that one, but I, I don't think I'd, I'd probably fuck it up if I brought it in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what old songs that uh, I heard when you played that I really liked. Um, we have. I'm trying to not do something like you don't want. You want to do upbeat, or do you want to do uh, painful and sad, or what? I have. I I have a slower song that uh, I wrote. A long time ago. This is probably the oldest song on the album. Thank you, bud. Uh, Mr. Vance Bruce is opening it for me. Look at that. You're a gentleman and a scholar. Come say hi, everybody. He has his Harry Potter glasses on. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, man, that was a that was a great song that he just sang. Hey, they're, they're talking about um, Best of Me. When we rode up back to boxcar. Great. Hey, would it be cool if he played one? Would that be cool? Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Not on. 
Hell yes. Here, put these in, bud. You got to put them in. This is your right. That's your left. This is Vance Bruce, everybody. All right. Vance Bruce, everybody. World premiere, Vance Bruce, boom, boom. They can hear you right now. <laughs> oh, hey. Hey, everybody. He said he's drunk, so I'll take it easy on him. All right. <laughs> What's up, Vance? What's going on, man? How's it going? Hey, before you get started, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Well, I was uh, I was living in Florida for a while, and uh, I had a buddy that was he was coming to Fort Worth for a while, and he uh, he brought me along with him, and I met Kanan. Shit, I, can I cuss on here? I don't yeah, know. You, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I came down here for a trip, and we it, it went really well. I, I hung out at a thirst, not thirsty. Uh, it was filthy me nasties. It went really well. I moved down here, and then after that, I met Kane, and Kane showed me around. Here By the way, I like your hat. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Could have gave me a heads up, you know. That would have been a dope thing. So you write songs with Kanan, but do you do your own stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah, I, uh, I make things up as a go. Nice. But uh, I guess I'll play one for you. Yeah, let it Yeah, be. absolutely. Now I've been thinking 
Excellent, excellent. That was a classic country Texas music. I love it. Very catchy tune. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Was the name of that? You don't love me anymore? Yeah, you don't love me anymore, man. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Oh, we appreciate you, man. Nice. Man, that was good. What y'all think of Vince Bruce? Man. I love that, man. Loved it. I, I almost <laughs> felt like uh, like Tom Petty climbed out of him while he was singing that. Oh, yeah. man. He's, uh, he's hands down probably one of my favorite songwriters ever. Man, that, that was excellent. Good raspy voice. Uh, very catchy, traditional sound. I'm used to, I really enjoyed that, yeah. Yeah, he, he he digs he digs a lot of uh he, he digs Lucero. That, that's why me and him bonded a lot because we both love Ben Nichols and his songwriting. He is he would probably met marry Evan Felker if he could. <laughs> so, uh, Kanan, before we get out of here, do you want to get one more song in? Or are you good? Yeah, we definitely can. Okay. Um, Hell yeah! Oh yeah, I was gonna play all slower. Songs. Okay. So this is going to be another song that's going to be on the EP. Hopefully, I haven't played this song. I really haven't been playing any of my songs, so if I screw them up, I'm sorry. We don't know any different. We, yeah, we, we have. These are unreli- These are world premieres tonight. We have no idea if you're playing them wrong. Um. There is kind of a backstory to this one. Okay. Um, I wrote this uh, two years ago. We finally decided to put it on, uh, put it on uh, the studio and getting it out for everybody to hear. This is going to be the only slow song on the album. Um, I like to put, I like to put out like a slower singer-songwriter feel on anything I put out. So this is going to be that slower singer-songwriter feel. Um, 
few years back, I got to play uh, South by Southwest at the Rustic Tap nice. with uh, a handful of other incredible artists. And um, I was digging this chick at the time and decided to bring her with me and, and run my merch and whatnot. And uh, we were down there for a couple of days getting completely hammered and we had free... We had free whiskey shots and free tall boy Lone Stars all night because we we didn't we didn't get paid at all, so we got paid in alcohol. And uh, yeah, and I think you made out better than the five hours for 150 bucks on that one. You ain't lying, man, because I drink my weight. <laughs> I drink my weight in whiskey and beer. And that's a great venue to get your name out there and get seen too. I, I, I love Austin, especially the rest of that. Um, yeah. but. So we got completely hammered every night we were there. And the last night that we were there, I played the next morning because somebody got sick. But um, like I said, that girl was with me. I ended up getting completely hammered and passing out, standing up in the bathroom. We get back to uh, <laughs> we get back to the house that we were crashing at, and uh, we all had uh, blow-up mattresses all over the floor in this basement. And uh, she, I ended up laying there because I was just completely hammered and everything was spinning. And she ended up messing around with a buddy of mine while she thought I was sleeping. And uh, <laughs> so I, I got up the next morning and got on this front porch swing at some random house and, in downtown Austin, Texas, and wrote a song called Let It Go. All right, man. This is hey, it's kind of heavy. Good. All right. So what is this one called? It's called Let Go. Let Go.
pick me up and throw me to the ground. It's gonna hurt, but I swear I won't make a sound and I'll take her hand and you can hold this too. You don't have to tell me the whole truth. I don't care as long as it's you. I gotta let go. Amazing. Awesome. It's a little rough. I really couldn't hear myself, but I mean. We heard you just fine. It was excellent. Excellent. Well, I really enjoyed that. I guess maybe after your second your second chorus and all that, when you had your music break and then you got real the high notes, that was freaking sweet. Thank you. It, it, it just kind of brings a different dynamic. You know, we're, we're doing a, a little more like Southern rock kind of feel, a little more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, country rock and roll, I guess. So, you know, that kind of just throws a wrench in everything and lets lets people know that we're not just going to be rock and roll or whatever we're going to be. We're just going to do what we know best and write songs and put out music. And like I said, if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, you don't. Well, yeah, I think most people are going to like it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So let me ask you one more thing. And, and this one's fame. This is a famous person, but I just kind of want your thoughts on him. Chris Stapleton. Man, that, if you even knew how many songs he has written for anybody and right. everybody, son, that, that man has, I, I didn't know this, you know, till I really dug into Stapleton, but the song, uh, Baby Locked in the Door and Turn, by Dr. Turner, he wrote that. You know, he, he wrote, you know, the comeback song by, you know, Darius Rucker. He wrote, he wrote a song on Adele's album. He's, he's written song. He just, Parker McCollum just wrote a, or just recorded a song, uh, Like a Cowboy. Uh, Chris Stapleton wrote that one. He he writes, I watched, I watched many and many of interviews on Chris Stapleton. And, you know, the songs, people have no idea how many songs he has. He he said he probably has a few thousand songs just tucked away. That's, that's he, he's talking about notebooks upon notebooks of just songs. Uh, and you know what's interesting to me is you have Chris Stapleton that has has such a 
unique, soulful, raspy, um, and he can hit these notes and he can carry his voice so well with so much control. Why he's just was songwriting so long and then somehow he broke out to performer. Um, I, I maybe you know more about that than I do. Like what what happened with that? But he he should have been out and doing this on his own a long time ago. You know, it, the crazy thing is in Nashville, there's so many artists that you kind of get drowned out. And, right. You know, Stapleton. There, there's a, a lot of Chris Stapletons in Nashville. There's so many people that are incredible that people don't even know about. And I, I think that's kind of the beauty of, of you know, the grind and getting out there and playing shitty shows for, you know, five-hour shows for 150 bucks. Stapleton, he is – a lot of people don't know this, but he used to be in a rock band before he made it big called the Johnson brothers. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Like that is an album that I will listen to and not skip a song. He, he covers anything from like eighties, nineties, rock oh, and roll to two thousands to some heavier stuff. Like he does everything under the sun. And that, that man has written songs for anybody and everybody at nothing but the utmost respect for Chris Stapleton. Yeah. He's very talented. So let's do the plugging of you. Let's make sure everyone knows everywhere they can find you, everything they can get from you. Right on. Uh, oh, you know what? Before you do that, I want to talk about one thing real quick. You're not only a singer songwriter, you make beard products. Uh, yeah, actually. Uh, that that took me by surprise when I was looking at the website. I thought. Oh, shirts, hats, what the fuck? Beard? No, um, I actually, I have a sponsor for my beard. Or not my beard. Nice. But he, he, he gives us oil and whatnot. I'll, I'll hook y'all up with him. I'll send some stuff y'all's way. But um, there's a guy named Ron. He runs uh, the Bearded Pup. And uh, he's he, he was the first guy to get me. I, I've had a lot of beard oil companies kind of hit me up and, and trying to sponsor me, but this guy's kind of taking care of me from the get go. So I don't plan on leaving him anytime soon. Um, but we just kind of started collabing and he was just like, Hey man, give me a cent. Give me this, give me that. I'm going to make you an exclusive beard oil that I'm not going to make on my website. I'm going to give it to you and you're going to sell it on your website with the Canada Rocks logo. And it's going to be your personal logo and personal beard oil and uh we just dropped it last week i think so it, it, it's still it's still kind of new we have orders we need to send out I what's know. the scent uh it's called skulls and roses okay it, it, it has my logo on there it's called skulls and roses it's it's by the bearded pup so uh, yeah, y'all, y'all won't be able to find it on his website on thebeardedpup.com. Uh, but he has a bunch of different oils on there. Uh, you can only find mine on my website. Man, that's uh, that's awesome. And by the way, you have a video, right? That's beard blessed in red dirt or something like that. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm well, I, I, you do because I'm looking at it. But hey, uh, Jeff, should we get a beard oil with us? Hell yeah! I gotta grow my beard out again. Let's uh, let's call it grown man oil. He, he sends grown me a lot. Of- Ooh, I like this. Grown man oil. Look at that. Grown man oil. And then you fold it back up. Put it in the case. 
How long have you been rocking that thing, bro? Um, actually just got it trimmed up. A buddy of mine from high school, um, he's been cutting my hair for a while. Um, he actually, like during this quarantine thing, they shut his barbershop down. So, you know, he's kind of struggling. He's working part-time at a gas station to kind of stay alive. So. He can come cut my hair. Yeah, for sure. No, I'll, I'll definitely hook y'all up. I'll yeah. come cut your hair, dude. Huh? <laughs> you're you're kind of already done. I'll come cut your hair. No, you're not going to go anywhere near my hair. <laughs> you look like a no, mental it, patient now. It, it, it's a buddy of mine, and, and you know, he, he my, a buddy of mine actually told me about the situation that he was he was in. So I was like, give him a call, tell him to come over right now. And so he came nice. over, trimmed up the beard. I've been rocking it for probably two years. Two years? Two and a half. And, and your brother Sam also rocks a beard true. about that long. Yeah, his 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 grows a lot faster than mine. Yeah. He he uh, has this guy, this size beard in probably like three months. He's not nearly as handsome as you, right? Um, with a hat on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go through everywhere they can find you, everything they can, uh, buy from you. Uh, yeah. So you can find any, anything you want to buy from, you know, the Cannon Brass brand. Um, we'll be on cannonbrassmusic.com. Uh, we have t-shirts, we have hats. I think we have five different t-shirts. We have three different hats, four different koozies, four different stickers, uh, we're currently working on hoodies, beanies, and Yeti mugs. Um, we also have the beard oil bundles on there, so you can get a beard oil, a beard balm, or you can get the bundle with a couple stickers. Uh, we have a koozie bundle on there as well, I think. Um, yeah, you can pretty pretty much find anything. My my show dates that after the quarantine is over, that we'll have show dates on there. Uh, we have bios on there. You can find my band on there, photos, videos, all that cool stuff. Um, social medias, um, Instagram is Kane and Bryce Music. Uh, Facebook is Kane and Bryce Music. Twitter is just Kane and Bryce. And yeah, J U S T, just Kane and Bryce. Um, back pages uh, at Kane and Bryce. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, 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 I wondered for a second. I was like, wait, what is he saying? <laughs> I saw the look on your face and I was like, uh. <laughs> so no, are, your no. date, are your dates in May uh, still on or are they like kind of up uh, in the air? They're kind of up in the air. They're, they're definitely, I mean, we, we don't know when. Supposedly, Texas is supposed to open up next week. Right. Right. So hopefully that goes into play. And well, if if May 9th is on at the Rustic Tap in Austin, I, I'm gonna go see that. Dude, definitely come out. We, we usually have a pretty good crowd out there. We like to get a little uh, a little toasty. I'm in Austin about every week for work anyway. So that would I'm trying to look, see what so what date that's May 9th. So that's a Saturday. I, I think you have a clubhouse meeting that day. <laughs> Shut up. Do they all have arrows on their heads? Oh, you have no. Listen, I'll send you a video of him uh, taking a bike over a bike ramp. I'll. Uh... So, hey, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show, man. We thank y'all so much for having me. Th- you're, one, one, you're... one more shout out I want to give to sure. Richard Hat Company. 
that's that's another brand that's been with me from the get-go of reddirthatcompany.com you can find shirts lids stickers anything under the sun they got their beanies hoodies yep and if you need a look at this this canyon bryce shirt i got i mean how dope is that that's pretty sweet um get your merch go get it if you don't you're a freaking loser whatever <laughs> no but honestly um it has been um a real pleasure um you brought something to our podcast we have not had yet and i'm really glad we got you on um you so much any way we can promote you help get the word out we will do it and we'll be talking about you on a lot of future shows and refer back to you if you ever want to come on um if we can do anything for you please let us know yeah you you are absolutely welcome anytime if you have shows coming up and you want to come on and talk about those shows before they happen by all means you are welcome on here anytime you want man honestly dude if, if i can just get on here and you know bullshit and drink with you absolutely yeah like, like i said we have, we have some new music coming up so we, we can definitely get on here and talk about absolutely and uh I'll, I'll i'll send y'all the new music before anybody else gets it Nice. Oh, great. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Anything, last thing you want to promote? Um, Mom, I love you. <laughs> nice. There you yes. go. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been, uh, like, like Jeff said, this is something that we've never had before, but I am absolutely stoked for it to happen again, for you to come on and play music. Uh, hopefully... This whole thing will go away and we can all meet up in a studio and, and do this a lot better with the right sound equipment and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'd love to, man. I, I, I love, I love uh, going up. I, I love getting better. And, you know, I, I know this is a start for y'all, but, you know, everybody starts somewhere and I, I definitely dig what y'all got going on. Oh, thank you so much. We, we work we're hard in at it. We're in the same area with that. We're, we haven't been doing it as long as you, but we're uh, in the kind of the infancy stage and, and, um, um, we love doing it and, and our viewership will grow because because um, uh, I think we love doing it. So I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. You know, the the, 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 the confidence and, and authenticity, is that what it yeah. it, 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 it really shows with you guys. Y'all guys are honest and you love what you're doing. Y'all like, like drinking, y'all like talking, and y'all definitely support, you know, assholes like me. So I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> all right man we will catch you on the next one thank you so much for coming by tell your friend thanks for jumping on and singing the song and in the future whatever you need let us know okay yes sir thank all right you man know, we'll talk all to right, you later rock and roll y'all have a good one all right go. bye all right man it's time for mikey jerome let's get this let's get this thing started i already slammed the mango cart right here okay mango <laughs> cart right out of uh I think it's a Golden Road Brewing Company. And then I had Elijah Contact Haze. You know, a little uh, hazy IPA right there. So guys, like, I got to tell you, man, on the front lines, my sister lives in New York. So in California, man, people aren't getting sick out here. So everybody in California is like, man, let's go back to the real world. Like, this is just out of control. Like, why, why are we doing this? But in New York, it's so scary. Even the most unparanoid, like my girlfriend's boyfriend, who's so unparanoid, he won't even go out because people are just dying out there. Like, so like it's, it's easy for people in Texas, people in California to be like, 
hey man, let's just go back to the real world because no one that no one close to us is even getting sick. But like, in, once it starts hitting our area, so I, I just I don't even know what you know we should do or what we shouldn't do. But I'm I'm sick of staying inside too. How about you guys? Yeah. Yep. I've kind of had a, a little mini breakdown yesterday. I was just had enough. Uh, yeah. Um, DJ's still going to work. He's going to the office. Um, but yeah, it's kind of got, got the best of me the last few days. Um, I've been yelling at all my little buddy friends. I've not been nice. I told them they're losers. I'll kick their ass. And I just, I've lost it. No, but honestly, I think Texas is talking about kind of bringing business, normal businesses back online like next week. Yeah. Um, and that's, here's the deal is, uh, I was talking to my cousin and he was saying, look, there is some crazy amount of percentage of cases in like 11 States. You know, like New York's in your places and the rest of the country is just not that bad, but everyone's economy has been put on hold because of these little pocket areas. So, um, I think it's got to go back to a state and local level. Um, with some federal um, oversight, but um, you know, I think Texas is ready to get back at it uh, in safe, uh, proper revamping methods. But you know, I understand New York. So you know, uh, my nie- uh, my niece and my sister are both nurses, and they were saying that they're trying to bring nurses in from out of state of work, and they're paying them like thirty thousand dollars a month to come be nurses in New York right now. I know. Paying all their expenses, all everything. Please come be a nurse. They're bringing in retired old people, older people to uh, um, like do like uh, child care for the nurses. They're bringing, I mean, if you're a nurse and you want to go on the front lines, hell, and get paid, that's where you go. Yeah. So uh, it's it's pretty crazy. So like it's there's two different, like, you know, obviously a lot of places aren't like New York. So we're all like, Let's go back to life. Let's do this. But my sister is afraid to leave her house because everybody yeah. in Long, like she's from Long Island, and Long Island in New York, everybody's just on top of each other because there's only so much space. So the it really spreads, you know, to like people over there. But uh, so like, uh, what are you drinking over there, DJ? What are you drinking? I just to take a sip. Is that Budweiser? I am no. That's a uh, Grolsch beer. Okay. And so you're I'm pipping, you're pipping Bud Light gear right now. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh I'm drinking uh liquid death canned water. Okay, that's nice. It's uh so Jeff, it's, Jeff, what are you drinking, man? I'm drinking uh I've had some of this bullet bourbon I got today. I have it I mean a little bit. I'm still working my way through it. I don't have a lot of good mixes for it, so I drink a little bit with water and ice. Then my nephew, shout out to Donald Smith, got me with Big Red and <laughs> bourbon. Strikingly good. Shocking. Don't judge me. But now this is a oh, little I'm Dr. Sure. Pepper because that's what I have left, so it's whatever. Yeah. So, so my, my favorite thing to say to people is, did you go to school to be a judge? Because everybody always judges everybody, you know? You're right. They're like, no, nah, I didn't go to school to be a judge. I'm like, this, it sounds like you went to – to lunch with Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown, man. You don't have no degree, <laughs> right? All right, so you guys, you guys want to, you guys want to bust into these drinks or what? Sure, let's do it. All right, Rita Kelly, what's up? <laughs> I got you. Got if you guys, have some, you got so we're gonna make a drink called the Negroni, and uh, this is the drink that 
so many people have asked me to make um, throughout my whole entire career. And every time someone asked me to make it, I kind of like, you know, I was like, Negroni, really, you know? But it really is a great drink. It is. And I, I started drinking gin again, maybe like, like a year or two ago. So this is a, a gin drink. Back in the day, it was invented in ni- uh, 1919 in a cafe in Florence, Italy. Okay. The legend has it that this guy, this count, um, Camilo, Camilo Negroni, he, he wanted to drink, and he was drinking the Americano, but he wanted it stronger because the Americano only had Campari and uh, sweet vermouth. So he's like, you know, he told he told his bartender, throw some gin in there. And next thing you know, bada boom, they had it. So literally, it, it's equal parts of Campari, sweet vermouth, and gin, which I think my gin is over here now. Let's hope it goes. You know, in the, in the quarantine, you just gotta find something, man. There you go. The Bombay Sapphire. That's what I have. All right, so we're gonna make we're gonna make a nice cocktail. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be awesome. Stuff. All right, so. Yeah. By the way, we're gonna I'm gonna be making we're gonna be making drinks with you. So. Okay. Now I know that you guys may not have the. Um, uh, sweet vermouth. I do. So you can, you could, you could probably make it like with bitters and a little bit of sugar instead. You know, try to mess around with it. It might be good. And if you, if you have bitters, sugar, you know, because this, this third ingredient, it's supposed to be equal parts gin, Campari, and uh, sweet vermouth. But I'm gonna make it with more gin and a little bit less of each of those. All right, so. I'm gonna pump this up over here. How's the weather in Texas? Oh man, it was like 55 degrees all day today. That's a great day. Yeah, yesterday it was gorgeous, but uh, nice. In in, uh, California, it's been uh, 72, 70, and then today it was like 65, but it was nice, it was sunny. I was doing push-ups outside, you know, it was pretty nice. No, you didn't. So we're gonna start off with a little bottle flip because you know what? Technical difficulties. Boom. We'll throw that in two shots of that. Yeah, boom. Okay, Bombay Sapphire. You can use Tango Ray. You could use you can use it pretty much any gin, but Bombay Sapphire is good. It's got a nice, you know, nice texture. Okay. I got a local a local gin. Half a shot right here. A little bit more than a half a shot of sweet vermouth. Half a shot of sweet vermouth. Throw it in there. All right. Cool thing is when you're home drinking, you take all your ingredients, you could you could invent a new drink, you know? Just like, you know, Mr. Bryce today, he makes new songs every day. Like, you know, and that's what we do as bartenders, we make new drinks. So then we got Campari right here. About a bowl. We're gonna go about three, about, we're probably gonna go about three quarters right there, Campari. Now we got an orange twist, orange little thing we put on top right there for the uh, garnish. Okay, bada boom. Now we're gonna mix it with our California straw, where you can use a spoon. How much gin on this? Fork, use whatever you want. How much gin did you put in this? I put, uh, it's supposed to be equal parts, 
but uh, I always throw more of the uh, the hard alcohol in. So I put I put mo way more gin, but it's it, it, the recipe calls for equal parts. But if you do that, it's gonna come out like way too sweet. So this is, I feel like this is the American version of it. All right, and there we go. Now I'm gonna dump it in right there. As you can tell, the texture it comes out kind of a a reddish orange blood kind of like a blood sunset or something like that there you go shake it up shake it up i love how you were dancing with your lady that was awesome before damn right dj let's get a smile let's get a smile on your face man i want to see that smile <laughs> Woo! here we go i'm gonna now put too gonna much gin in there Uh, damn, Gina. You know what? It, I, I, I was always like, you know, I, I always wondered like how people enjoy the taste. It oh. is a very unique taste. What do you think? Jeff, what do you think? It's not my cup of liquor, but it's good if that's what you like. Um, now, <laughs> you, guys, you guys are missing the sweet vermouth, which is going to change the whole texture. Of the no, drink. no, I had sweet vermouth. Oh, you got it. You know what? You know what? It's a gin forward drink. I get it. Um, uh, I'll probably put too, put too much gin in there, so I'm sure the balance is off. So, like, uh, the guys in you know 1920s, this is what they were drinking. Like, they they really were into gin, you know. Like, and as as it, it, things changed, then people were really into vodka, and then as things changed, beer just like took off, like. The, 15 million different kinds of beers. But uh, this was the drink like back in the day that everybody really loved. So I, I was like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta put this out there. Like, would I order this at a bar? I don't know if I would, man. It's, it's, it's good. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not buying the Negroni. What do you guys fellas think? Uh, I would not order this ever. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's but, but no, it, not, not on you. But honestly, it's just, it's just a preference. It's not like it's bad. If you're a gin person yeah. and you like this, it would be a great summertime drink for sure. So this, this bottle right here, it's called Aperol. It's an Italian liqueur right here. This is a great drink. You add this... Equal parts um, with Prosecco, or you can use champagne. So if you if your lady's out and let's say you just you know yeah you're celebrating something special like a birthday or a celebration, what you do is um, you know, boom. You pop it ice over here. Okay, you're gonna kind of cut a uh, little piece of orange. And then we're gonna throw Prosecco right here. Bada boom, bada bang. It was my girlfriend's birthday this weekend, so uh, we, we had a couple of bottles of champagne. Happy birthday to Missy. Yeah, M Missy Love, she turned, uh, we're both you know, 43 years old, so she turned 43. So then you go equal parts that and that, all right? All right. And then, 
that's what it looks like right there. It's a nice, tasty, uh, it's kind of like a mimosa-based kind of drink. You know, some people like to put cranberry in, some people like orange juice. This right here is like a double win. Aperol doesn't have much alcohol in it, you know, but it has enough to make more of a kick. And then, uh, bada boom, there you go. I think if you if you have a girl who kind of likes a sweet kind of uh, champagne drink, Oh, that's good. You're gonna be in there, you know. Like, if you were in the doghouse, you might be out of the doghouse just for like a couple seconds. Yeah, my my wife loves this drink, um, actually, and um, I wasn't as big a fan because some of the alcohol, if you don't have the balance right, it can kind of overwhelm it. But when I just made it under your guidelines, it's friggin' good. Thank you. Bada boom. Hmm. Hmm. So, Mikey, what have you been up to? Yo, so, uh, pretty much, like, we are we are under the guidelines of we're going to go back as soon as, uh, you know, Mayor Garcetti and uh, Gavin Newsom tell us we can go back. Everybody here wants the beaches open because we live in our little beach town, and we're like, man, no one's sick. We want to go out. So there's, like, 200 people that just want to just, like, hey, man, we want to go out. We'll you know, we'll abide the guidelines. We'll stay five feet apart. We just want to, like, be able to hang out. Like, people that live here, they move here for the beach. That's what, like, what we do. So everybody is really frustrated because there hasn't been, like, the sickness that there's been in New York. So, it, it but as far as I'm concerned, like, every morning I get up, I do one and a half hours of Spanish on Duolingo. You're up to, like, sixth grade, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm up to sixth grade. But Duolingo will get you because after a certain amount, you have to buy the subscription because you make too many mistakes. So, what's up, Miss Kelly? So, um, pretty much what ends up happening is, you know, you have to buy. So, I bet I bought like $79 in subscription. But you know what? I'm learning it, man. And I'm, I'm slowly learning every day more and more Spanish. And then it, I just get frustrated because it reminds me of school. And I'm over it. I'm sure you guys were over homework, doing homework with your kids, you know, <laughs> homeschooling and all that. And so then I'm just like, all right. So then I go exercise for an hour and I do push-ups, sit-ups, planks. I go in the sun and then I get done with that. And then I try to make like one of my bartending videos and uh, I, I do that. And then I usually like take a shower, hang out with my girl and then we have some dinner and then I look at the sunset and I'm like, man, I wish I could be by the beach. <laughs> and then everything kind of spins into the same day. But it's really not that bad. This is kind of like retirement life forced upon you. But DJ's got to work every day. That's unfair. Yeah. That's okay. And, you know, and I'm still working. I've, I've got to work from home. Um, I usually am out on the road every week. I'm a sales manager. But, uh, you know, but, you know, uh, I've still got products going and I'll respond to emails and do quotes, but it, it doesn't take up a lot of part of my day. So a lot of it's just, uh, I'm home by myself and, uh, trying to, uh, do anything and everything to get my mind off things, somehow get some physical manual labor in and then, um, not watch TV too much. Yeah. No, I know. So, so, so uh, have you guys been able to hang out with your your ladies more or you know how, how has this been for you guys uh 
Yeah. Um, Cause you guys have families. Yeah. Well, my, my wife's an ER nurse, so she, okay. she is working still too. So. Yeah. So Missy is in the hospital too. So she's, she's on call tomorrow, but uh, when she gets off, you know, it's like, you know, I got three levels of a house. So like, I'm like, y'all, I'm going down to the man cave, babe, you know, just to give ourselves a break from each other. But when you got a family, it's like, there's only so many spaces in the house. Or, you know, they can go outside for a bike ride or, you know, things like that. But well, I haven't, I haven't seen my son and it's, it's been like two, two and a half weeks. Um, uh, and, and he's with his, um, his mom, his mom's house. She lives close, but, uh, um, it's really screwed up my normal visitations and my time with him because he, he actually got double pink eye and got a sinus infection. Well, at the time, they weren't even sure, hey, you know, is this, could this be COVID? So he's been quarantined for 14 days. And, um, yeah, it, it sucked. I, I think actually yesterday it bummed me out because I was looking forward to seeing him and spending time with him, and um, I didn't get to do that. So it, it, it did suck. But other than that, uh, I'm not seeing my wife. It's been about the same. Um, she's um, working about the same hour, so uh, it's not more time, but – the time I do have is probably better. So that does make a difference. I agree. I definitely agree. And then, you know, we all meet up on Fridays. So. Absolutely. We, we got to get Mikey, uh, like lined out so we can just ease on transition with him. Yeah. And by the way, Rita, Rita said that, yeah, Jeff does like girl drinks. Yeah, you do. Rita. Um, I like girls and I like anything they drink. Thank you. So, so the, the, the greatest thing was today, um, you know, DJ called me. So I'm like, I went, so I went to target where, you know, it's you, the way it's such a weird thing. So I had like, I got like two scooters that I drive around these beach towns. So I got one of the scooters fixed. So my girlfriend drops me off. I pick up the scooter. She, she charged me like 70 bucks to fix it, which was so cheap. So then I was like, you know what? Here's an extra 20 bucks. You guys buy lunch on me. They're like, oh, thanks, Mikey. I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> so then I go to the Target, and I, I, pick, up, I pick up these speakers right here, okay? And these, these are the top-of-the-line Bose, you know, speakers that probably like DJ's wearing. I just can't figure, I, I can't figure out how to get them going. So I was like, are these going to work, you know, for my phone? And he said, no problem. It's going to work, you know? So... I take my scooter, I take it all the way home, I charge charge the speaker, download the apps, get everything going, and I'm I'm excited, right? I'm I'm enthusiastic. I'm like, yo, I can't wait, you know, to be on the show. And then and then I watched um it was Cayman, right? Canaan. Yeah, Cayman. And and um I was super <laughs> stoked on that because you know, I love music and I actually write folk songs and I got like a YouTube channel where I, I, I write like kind of folk songs i'm not super country because obviously i'm from new york i can't you know i have no country accent but i'm super like john prime those guys were guys that inspired me so i was really into like i was like yo this is the greatest man he's playing songs he's talking about his band how much he loves them they're getting drunk together they're hooking up with girls and then buddies are hooking up with their girls you know right all of a sudden, like i was like I, I linked up the site and I couldn't get the mic to work. And I was like, dude, I don't know why this isn't working. And then DJ's like, yo, I just muted you. No problem. And I was like, okay, that's cool. 
but I'm like, I just still don't see that thing, you know, popping up or whatever. And then um, I took my blood pressure today. It was like, <laughs> it was like, it was like 150 over 90, Yeesh. which is not, which is not good, right? No. Yeah, exactly. So I've been keeping track of it for the last like couple months. I think it's like a genetic hereditary thing. I, like I eat good, I exercise. Yeah, and it can so, be. Yeah, I know a lot of fit people that it's just genetics. They're on blood pressure medication. Yeah. So like as as this was happening, I just I just like I opened all the windows in my house. I felt like my, my but you know it's like kind of like life. You know, like sometimes you get curveballs thrown at you, and I was like. I can't, I can't get this thing to work. And, and, you know, like the young me would have taken the phone and like smashed it on the thing. But I'm like, Mike, you got to get a hold of yourself. So, so literally for the last half hour, I was just like going nuts, just trying to keep composed. And then, you know, but I, I absolutely love you guys, man. You're awesome. Yeah. Well, we love you coming on the show, man. Yeah. Did, did, did you guys see Love is Blind, the finale? I did. And I watched the reunion show too. I was disappointed in the reunion show. Why? I I wanted it to be more. Uh, I was I was I was happy that one girl uh, kind of went at. Um, so if you guys haven't watched the show, it, it was a show based on the premise of you see somebody, you go on dates, but you can't you can't visibly see them. You just you kind of have like a five minute session or 15 minute session, you talk to them and then you end up getting married in a month. You pick someone that you like and then when you meet them, you finally get to see what they really look like. And um, so then people got married and then as the marriage happened, half the people didn't accept the marriage and half the people did. And I just, I, I couldn't believe that it was true because remember the one time when the girl fell and her dress got all dirty yeah. All of a you yeah. Her on the next shot, and the dress was clean. Mm -hmm. that was yeah. The part that really got me. Well, she's like, she's still with that guy too. She is still with that. Yeah. Guy. So there's a couple, and um, <laughs> there was another girl who, um, she, she was kind of she she, uh, she was probably like you know, her, the guy that she was with was more upper class, and she was more like middle class, or maybe like on the verge of lower class. But she was the kind of girl that was like, hey, if, if you date another girl, I'll kill you. <laughs> but so I started watching it um, last Friday night after y'all talked about it. You started watching it? Yeah, and then I couldn't like, they, they got to go into, was it Mexico? Yep. Yes. And, yep. and, and I, I couldn't cringe watch it anymore. It so painful, I, right? Yeah, I, I didn't want to watch it anymore, so I stopped. <laughs> Uh, I, but I tell you what, like every girl that I know that lives in, in California, they watch that show. Like I, I, I just can't even like you know. So it's kind of funny to like talk about. It. Did you guys watch Ozark? Yeah. I've watched some of it. Okay, Ozark is a great show, and um, there's there's a show right. There's like a couple. What, what's your favorite shows that you guys are watching? What's your number one show? Um. Number one show. I mean, I watched Ozarks and finished that. I finished a bunch. You know what I like now? I like uh, Devs that started on FX. Um, okay. It takes a while to get into, but it's 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 cool. Um, it's like tech company. Then they make this machine that 
basically can see everything in history and talk. It's pretty interesting show. Um, Homeland, uh, that's kind of closing out. Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I went back the last few days and I watched like Clear and Present Danger with Harrison Ford. And I've watched some of those shows I like. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really cool. But I, I'm so caught up on new like Netflix series and stuff that I've kind of watched it all. So, you know what? You guys should do a, a little uh, thing where, you know, you, you go back and forth on movies that carried themselves. Like, like if you watch a movie from 1980 and then you play it back today. Yes. Does it really, does it, does it you know, yeah, it's timeless. timeless. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it timeless? And there's so many, like half of the, half of the shows are like, right. if you watch stand by me. Oh yeah. That's one of those shows that if you watch it today, there's a lot of kids doing the same kind of stupid bullshit, you know, like ass, you know, and making the same stupid jokes and calling, you know, your, your friends names. But in the end of the line, like, they still love each other and, you know, they all have their problems and blah, blah, blah. And then there's other shows where they, it doesn't relate at all, you know? But, like, like uh, I thought, like, Goonies. Yeah, I was thinking I think about that. Goonies translates pretty good. Goonies and does. Back to the Future predicted half of the stuff that happens. Yes, yeah, we watched, we went back and watched those like a week or two ago. Uh, in the Indiana Jones series, that was, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. So, like, I, li- I like thinking back to, like, like films, like, because I'm 43, and all the girls I work with at my restaurant, they're 22, 23, 24. They don't even know any of the movies that I watch. <laughs> and, you know, I try to stay as young as possible, and I, I work out, but they don't think I'm as old as I am, but I'm like, one of the one of the days I, I said, How old is your mother? And the one girl was like, She's forty four. And I was like, I'm your mother's age. <laughs> and she was like, No way, Mikey. I go, Yes, I could be your father. <laughs> yeah. That's the cra- that's the crazy thing about like, you know, when you get older, it's like, you know, these these kids they just grew up in a different time, you know, they're millennial zillennials. They grow up with like Everything is, is on a video. Everybody's, you know, doing a TikTok. You know, have you, are you guys into the TikTok? No, I hate, 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 hate TikTok. Okay, me too. I'm not a TikTok. Um, my, my wife can't stop watching it now. It's pretty bad. My kids do nothing but dance, all the dances on there. And they look like freaking idiots. And I tell them all the time, like, stop dancing like that. You look like an idiot. No, ex- exactly. But so my my 11-year-old goddaughter got me into it, Jocelyn, and she's like, "Uncle Mikey, you got to put you got to get this we could, you know, send videos together and, you know, the amount of work that these people put in on these things. They edit them, they they paste them, they, you know, they're they're pretending they're seeing videos or they just do crazy stuff." But I was like, I had no idea about this TikTok thing. So I started like watching it, and then I was like, "Man, this just isn't my generation. Like, I'm not into this thing. Nope. But right. all the younger generation, like, everybody that's 20 years old, that's all they do. They just sit on their phone. And it, it was funny, like, on that show, you know, Love is Blind, there's two people, you know, like, with each other. They're at a table. Oh, and, and she's girl, looking at her phone. 
Yeah. Yeah. Social media. And he's like, yo, baby, we just had a huge fight. I'm talking to you and you're just on your cell phone, you know? And that's the different generational gap that's going to be weird if you ever date a younger girl, you know? It's just, it's going to happen. But who knows, like, how different it'll get, like, throughout. It's going to be weird when everybody comes back from this. Is everybody going to have to wear a mask? I don't want to wear a mask, but we're going to have to. Well, it's like you were asking what shows we're into. I'm I'm into a lot of the trash shows. So yeah. so like Love is Blind, uh Thousand Pound Sisters. Uh Thousand Pound Sisters is crazy. You watch that too? That is fucking yeah. nuts. Dude, that is just insane. Yeah. So um I do appreciate that. But I was gonna ask you guys, did y'all watch the the new episode last weekend of Tiger King? No. Oh, I, I you didn't. Yeah. No. Yeah, they have a they released an episode. It's basically Joel McHale doing a podcast like this, and he had pretty much all the guests on that were on the show. Um, it, it's worth watching. Um, and that you know they talk about how they were perceived and um some things so it, it's probably worth watching for you guys yeah I, I i definitely want to check it out but um you know like i said the, the you know thousand pound sisters love is blind uh have you seen married at first sight i, I did see some of that yeah or 90 day uh yeah 90 day fiance that shit is bananas that shit i mean Go on that shit. You must want to just be with someone so bad that you pretty much don't give a fuck. It's weird. So, like, my favorite people on that uh, 90 Day Fiance, there's a woman that lives in the United States, and she's like, man, she's got to be like 65 years old, 60, 65 years old. So, she's dating this guy from Africa who is an up and coming rap superstar in this little village of his. And He's like got Instagram and Twitter. So, and, and when I tell you she's 60, 65, she's a rough 60, 65. Uh, and so he is like shooting rap videos and stuff. And he has these young girls and she's like, nope, nope. That song is about me. I need to be in the video. And I'm telling you, man, she is. So she flew to uh, Africa to be with this guy and his friends are all like they thought he was like joking when she landed they were like what what the fuck are you doing man what is, is this a joke and he was like no 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 and so dude, this is the greatest part so, so I, I i've actually watched this with my girl and uh so so basically she talks he makes this awesome video with this hot girl and she's like you can't be in the video this video is made for me and this is a guy from Africa. All he wants to do is come to America, yep. use this girl, and he knows it. Yep. But he knows that he needs her to go to America. But he has like this cool following in Africa because he's cool. But as soon as he bro brings his sixty-five-year-old, like smoke-infested, you know, like girl, and and she takes the video and changes the whole thing, everybody hates him after that that moment. And I mean, this is a show where every person tries to like get another person to get them back to America. Oh, absolutely. So, there's one where there's this little tiny, the guy's like five foot two. Oh, that's the guy that's dating the Filipino girl. Yeah, dude, his, his, 
just like out here. Like, who knows? He had a tough life. Things happened to him, you know. So can I just ask you guys? But he went from he went from being like a good in shape thirty year old guy to his neck just like went out here, and so he ends up going to like the Philippines or Vietnam. It's it's the Philippines. Okay, Philippines, and he meets this girl, and obviously he's like, um, I just I I need you to take some STD checks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that I came here a long, long way, and, and, I, and I love you and all the conversations we've had, but I don't know all the guys you've been with, and I need you to take an STD check. And the girl just, like, flips out. She was pissed. Yeah. She well, he could have said, hey, I'm going to do this. I think you should, too. <laughs> exactly. That's so all I got to do. The girl was, like, super smart, though. She just, like, left them. She took a well, remember her sister started calling him and asking him for money before he ever came over there. And he's like, uh, well, we'll talk about it when I get over there. But he was like fully, I don't know, there's something wrong with that guy. There's something yeah. definitely wrong with that guy. So those are the shows that, that I'm into is like uh, just the train wrecks. That's. Oh, man. So can I ask you guys, these reality train wreck shows, I mean, does it just make you feel like a just a better person or something? <laughs> yeah, I feel I I feel better. Yeah, I do feel better about myself. I I'm not gonna I, lie. When I used to watch like Cops or Intervention or something, I was like, damn, my life's not that bad. It's freaking great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I'm sure like a lot of the reason we watch them is because our girls are watching them, and then we. Oh no! 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 My now my wife does watch them, but. Uh, some of those are, are mine. Uh, 600 pound sister or a thousand pound sisters. That was mine. I mean, there's gotta be a level when you're like, like, here's the thing. When you're drinking too much, everybody has this little box in their head that where they go, man, I think I'm drinking too much, man. Like I got to back off. Like, yeah, I'm just not feeling good. Or like, let's say you're gaining weight and you're like, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling as good as I used to feel. I got to like get in shape. I got to start running, you know? You would think that these people, after about four hundred pounds, they'd be like, "Something's wrong, man." Hey, so so you watch Thousand Pound Sisters, right? Yeah. What is wrong with that one girl's head? That her forehead. Have y'all watched my like? I think it's called my six hundred pound life or something. Yeah, someone on here is putting that in uh, in the comments. Uh, yeah, that that, was, that that's a guilty pleasure. That. Yeah, it's it's a guilty pleasure. Thing. And I, I think that's the best way to describe it. It's a guilty pleasure. I mean, there's there's no reason you should like these shows, but you do. Well, you know, on one of the ones, I'm talking about the 600 pound thing, they're talking about the diet and you had to lose so much weight to kind of shrink your liver and your some of your body to be able to have the surgeries, you know? And they went through like this, I think it was this, this, this woman's eating regimen and it wasn't like they're trying to eat healthy. It was like a bucket of fried chicken. Yeah. And it <laughs> it's was the like, same way in Thousand Pound Sisters. Meal. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, Mikey, do you remember the bachelor part or the, the bachelorette party? That was the best. I think that was the best part of Thousand Pound Sisters when they uh <laughs> they bring that stripper over and he's in a doctor's lab. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, it was awful. That's and crazy. and he gave them wow. he gave them all these uh like 
viewers like how exactly it happened because they, they don't you know yeah so exactly. yeah so they they have this bachelorette party because one of the thousand pound sisters the 400 pound sister is going to get married uh no who who's who's asking half ton killer no justin i haven't seen that one uh but uh so she's gonna have a bachelorette party so her sister decides the one with the big forehead decides that she's gonna invite a stripper over so they get this stripper who's like man he's maybe 120 pounds soaking wet and he shows up in a doctor's lab coat and rips that off and uh starts grinding and and he gave him like fake hundred dollar bills to throw at him so he does like one dance and it's it's the stuff that nightmares are built on and he doesn't make any money from it because it's just fake money and then he just leaves and there's money all over the floor it was it, it was disgusting Yo, dj likes uncomfortable moments he yeah does. yeah absolutely so go ahead no no what's up what's up what's up jeff what were you gonna say I'm looking at some of the episodes on people on Thousand Pound Sisters. Oh, it, I'm telling you, it is yeah. it is a train wreck. Uh, do y'all have any special sisters that you like the most? <laughs> oh, hey, Mikey, remember remember when the one had the surgery and she had the other one, the one with the big forehead, had someone come down and meet her at the hotel, and she was oh like. She was like, oh, yeah, uh, we had uh, intercourse last night. I was like, oh, my God. I, I would have lo loved that she said, we fornicated. Yeah. You sounded like Bobby Boucher when you said that. Oh, it was, it was, well, these girls are from outside of Atlanta, right? Like an hour outside of Atlanta, something like that. It's, it's awful. It's, it's the <laughs> most disgusting thing ever. I'm trying to go. I'm trying to find out which one you're talking about with the big forehead. The it's the bigger one. It's the six hundred pound. One six hundred pounds. One's four hundred pounds, and the one that's six hundred pounds is she's like you. You'll know the you like you. They're both big, but you can definitely tell the difference in the six hundred pound and the four hundred pound. And the funny, um, the funny is thing is that one. That one guy was like. Uh, you know, I don't know about the 600 pounder, but the 400 pounder, I'm going to take that on, you know, even though he's 135 pounds soaking wet. Well, there, I mean, you know, good for him. Oh, is, I think I found, it's Tammy who has the big forehead, huh? Yeah. So let me pull up. Uh, I think it's Tammy. All right. Oh, so down the line, like when they lose the weight. They actually have to have the skin taken off. Like you can't. And I heard that's you. very, very painful and hard. Yeah, because your because your skin stretches out. All right, so we want to see some pictures. Yeah, show us Tammy. I think somebody said that diabetes is a tasty disease, from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> so diabetes is fun to get and awful to have. So we'll do an extreme close up. <laughs> It is, yeah. <laughs> you guys, yeah, y'all are y'all are falling down a couple levels from heaven right now. 
Why is that? I'm uh, just teasing. Look, um, these people make they. Oh, and by the way, I forgot to mention, and Mikey, so did you. These girls have a like hugely popular YouTube channel. Oh, they're huge. Yeah, they're making money off it. Let's see. Uh, let's take a look at a couple. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> oh, you can definitely tell. Yeah. One's so this one's the heavier one right here. <laughs> okay, Mike. Well, I don't know how to ask this. Um, Make sure you're you're using your PC. <laughs> so, okay. Say your wives give you a free pass or your girlfriend or whatever, or you're single, how much would it take for you to have sexual relations with a 600 pounder? Oh, I don't know. Mike, you would probably do it because you're interested. Okay. The thing is in my life right now, I'm super happy. I'm, <laughs> I'm super content. I really don't need much more than I have. So, I don't know if I'd do it. So what if somebody says, we'll give you a million dollars? See, I feel like in the next 10 years, I'll be able to make a million dollars somehow. <laughs> and I don't have to go. A million dollars? And Missy was like, go get that, boy. million dollars? Come on now. No, because I'd always have to think about that fromage, that, that moment. You hey, know? you can eat a bunch of your brownie cookie things as much as you need. Just... You don't have to last. Boom, 30 seconds. Boom, million dollars. You don't do it? Well, the truth is... M Mikey, don't let him bully you. You stick yeah, to your... I'm, I'm gonna say, like, I've been with my girl for 15 years. If you were single... I, I just couldn't... I don't... I, I, I couldn't do it. No, I, I mean, I, I gotta be... I'm like a passionate guy. I care about people. So, like, I'm not just gonna, like do myself like that i just couldn't do it even for the money i'm not like i'm not dying for money like million dollars like, if i'm a single guy see i feel like and, in the next and, 10 years hells, yes. you are like, jeff you're going down in that full march too much i'm just like saying that. i just couldn't do it even for if the someone money. said I'm hey not, like, bro i'm not dying for money like million dollars like, if i'm a single guy yeah duh and and hells yes now i'm so now i'm, I'm gonna be in hell for saying this but i'm just saying if someone said, hey, bro, yeah, so uh, I'd probably do it for, yeah, duh. <laughs> now I'm, I'm going to be in hell for saying this, but whatever. All right. Yeah, so, Mikey, are you there? Yeah, Mikey's there. Yeah, you're He's there. Great point. Yeah, we can see. All right, so. I'd take a million dollars for a one minute of work. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was, I hope I didn't make anyone uncomfortable. No, That's no, scary. no. We love when you bully guests into having sex with a 600 pound girl. <laughs> All right, guys. So let's, uh, let's take the last break of the night. Uh, go to the bathroom, and then we're going to play some trivia. Now, everyone stick around for the trivia because 
All you need to do is send me your email address and what we're playing, you can play from home. You'll you'll hook it to your phone and you'll be able to answer all the questions, everything like that. So uh, send me, if you want me to send you a link, send me your email. You can send it to me in a private message on Facebook or however you want to do it. When we get back, uh, we will play a round of trivia and it's a really, really fun trivia game. So Everyone stick around, Mikey. Okay, that, absolutely. So uh, everybody go to the bathroom real quick, and then we'll go from there, okay? Cool, cool. All right. So trivia, no cheating, right? No Google. Right, no. no well, you won't have time. There's clocks on this one, so. Oh. This clock. Well, in the worst-case scenario, you know, it'll, it'll come down to who, who's going to. Obviously, uh, DJ, you know the answers, right? No, 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 no. This is a no. This is all, okay. all live. Okay. Can you hear it? All right. What's the code? Hold on. We haven't got it yet. Let me put it in first, and then. Hold on. Let me put it in first. Okay, you guys go ahead. Whoever wants to play, jackbox.tv, H-T-A-R. That's the code, H-T-A-R? H-T-A-R is the code. I'm in. All right, looks like we're ready to go. Anybody else want to play? We'll give them a couple more seconds. He's telling me to sit back in class. All right. Oh, we got another one, okay. Yeah. All right. Here we go. The local residents familiar with the abandoned building's history know it simply as the Murder Hotel. The infamous hotel was run by a mysterious family for several generations until close to In unrelated news, the trivia murder party killer is still on the loose. This is your wake-up call. Prepare to die. <laughs> Welcome to Trivia Murder Party. Sorry, we're out of rooms, but we have plenty of deadly trivia. Only one of you will survive. Quick tip, it's easier to win if you cut all emotional attachments now. <laughs> all right. First question. Where was Marco Polo born? Use your device to answer the question. Almost out of time. And the correct answer is... Who got the question right? <laughs> the rest of you, come with me. Oops. Welcome to the killing room. Ah, the old skewers trick. Pick a space in this box to hide yourself. 
I would say don't get too comfortable, but I feel like that's obvious. Any good magic trick needs some helpful volunteers. Now, can you confirm that we've never met before? <laughs> Just kidding. A little magician banter. You get a sword. On your device, choose a row or a column to run your sword through. I've always hated magic, but I do love swords. Hey, Rita, just go to jackbox.tv and put that in. You can play. Say, entrails. Ooh, I needed that. Hey. Yes. Bullshit. You're not out of it yet. We're not done with you yet. The end of your life isn't the end of your participation. Keep playing and you just might steal someone else's life force and win the game. Okay. Let's try another one. What makes Tom Hanks big in Big? I think I fucked this one Time up, though. Stop. of you, I want to show you something. Fuck. <laughs> Welcome to Room 217. Let's see who has ESP. Type in an answer that fits this category. Everyone else will answer too. And if anyone matches you, you die. Fuck. And I do mean anyone. What are we doing here? Just pick a letter. I gotta pick a letter? Yeah, first eight letters of the alphabet. A, B, C, D, F, G. Eight. Time's almost up. Now, let's see if there are any matches. Jinx, you owe me a death. No! <laughs> Even if you die, you're well, still in it. This hotel seems so big, and murder seems so wrong. <laughs> it's funny how things change when you get older. Let's keep moving. Which of these spooky sounding implements is a real tool? Yeah, I know. There's no excuse for that one for me missing that one. Time's running out. Mikey, pick! Who picked this? Which uh, only Mikey you. faces the it's killing time. room alone. Ah, <laughs> oh, the lost art of letter writing. How's my dick take? 
I'm going to dictate a message to you. Write down as much of what I say as you can. Everyone else will be typing too. And if anyone does a better job than you, you die. So you gotta type it out, Mikey. This is such a good letter, and I'm starting it now. Dear mystery figure, cease hovering in my periphery. Receive back into the inky darkness. I command you. I demand you. Oh God, no. Please, no. This is the end. Just kidding. Have a good weekend. Time's up. Now let me just see what we have here with the um, And what's the result? But did anyone do better than you? Oh shit! You were not the best. I'd seem like a maniac if I sent this letter. No, we're all doing off the phone. We're here. When one player is left alive, we'll go to the final round. Next question. What movie features the characters Meg Swan, Cookie Fleck, and Harlan Pepper? I don't know. That's a guess for me. This. Yeah. Ah. Fuck you, Josh. Right. You didn't know that. Time for consequences. I did not. We're going to play Chalices. I've given each safe player a poison pellet. Pick a chalice to drop your poison in. Now it's your turn to play. Pick a chalice to drink from. Drinking from a cup with a poison pellet will kill you. It that hits the spot. Now let's see what you drink. Fuck. Oh good, you trusted your poor instincts. <laughs> Ooh, you got shot. Only one of you is still alive. Don't know what that means. Glad to see you're the one to make it here alive. But will you be the one to escape? What do you guys think? I'm going to give you a category. Matrix characters. Tap each answer that fits the category and then press submit. Let's see the right answers. You advance one space for every correct answer. You're a little bit closer to escaping, but you're not alone in here. If a ghost catches you, they'll steal your life force. Then they can try to escape and win the game. Here's everyone's next question. And ghosts get a third choice to help them catch up to you. Time is almost up. Yeah. 
come the ghosts. Mediterranean Islands. You're better than I thought. Lines from Liam Neeson's speech and taken. You cannot run that ghost forever. Don't look behind you. It's only darkness. Food named after people. Time is almost up. Next question. Darkly duck villains. There's a g -g -g ghost right behind you! You are but shadows now. Shakespeare quotes. You stole some yummy life force. Cats in the musical, cats! Time is over. Another life force swap! Judy Blue Books! You're going. You need a perfect answer for your final escape. And that includes the third answer choice now, too. Time is almost up. You have to get all the right answers to escape. Oh, bitch. No! Oh, yeah! Oh, yeah. $3,000. So what do you guys think? Fun. That was awesome. All right. So let me uh, end the show and we can play another round real quick. Okay. But, but let me end the show. We'll start out going around. Josh, you got anything you want to promote? Yeah, man. Check out Cinematic Blue Spots wherever you get your podcast. Okay, Mikey. Just hit me up on uh, Mikey Jerome at YouTube. Jeffro. Dads at Dream podcast every Friday night. Check in, never check out. 
All right, guys. This has been Dad's a Drink. I think this was a great show tonight. We're going to try and start incorporating a lot more of this stuff into the show so that we can get maximum participation. We want to thank all of our guests tonight. Mikey, thanks for your drinks tonight. Kane and Bryce came by, sang some songs. They were world premieres only on the Dad's That Drink. Guys, we appreciate your support so much. You have no idea. We work really hard at this. Tell your friends about us. Share, like, subscribe. Do everything you can about us. We're going to have merch coming up soon. So that's going to be it for this Friday night and Dad's at Drinks. We're out of here. We'll catch you on the next one. See you guys. <laughs>